Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. Okay. So, by God's grace, we want to go to First um, John, because John wrote a lot on deception in the last day. So, we're going to look at First John, um, chapter 2. Somebody should read for us from verse 18 to 23. 1 John chapter 2 from verse 18 to 20 and after reading that we'll jump straight to 1 John chapter 4 and we will read from verse 24 down to no, sorry. First John chapter three from verse twenty-four down to First John chapter four, verse six to verse six. So, if you are in First John chapter two, verse eighteen, please just read for us. Okay. Yes, you can. Quiet. First John chapter two, eighteen to twenty-three. I think is it. Yes. Little, little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that an antichrist shall come, even now are there many antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Okay. 23 yes so you are down to 23 so can somebody read from um, 1st John chapter 3 from verse 24 into 1st John chapter 4 down to 1 to 6 please uh, sorry um, now, now he who keeps his commandments abide in him him and he in him and this we know that he abides in us by the spirit he has given us love for god and one another beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits whether they are of god because many false prophets have gone out into this world by this you know the spirit of god every spirit that confesses that jesus has come in the flesh is of god and every spirit that does not confess that jesus has Come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. 1 John 3 24 4 to 6. Yes, so you read, no, you've stopped at verse 3. 3 out, sorry, so I've got that. Read down to verse 6. six. Yeah, yeah. You, are, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world they are of the world because therefore they speak as of the world and the world hears them we are of god and he who knows god hears us and he who is not of god does not hear us by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error now kevin has already started talking about this when he said his worldly thinking but we'll come to that because as he said it, my heart just went to the scripture about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. But we will come to how we know what is the spirit of truth and what is the spirit of error. Because we need it in our generation in these last days. So let's just go to the first part that we read in First John chapter 2, verse 18. Now, the Bible says, little children, 
it is the it is the last hour and you have heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have come that's what the scripture has said the bible is telling us many antichrists are around now Now, let's 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 discuss. No, let me, let me read the next verse because it's very important. It says, "Many antichrists have come, by which we know it is." Uh, it says, "Even now, many antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour." Now, verse nineteen. Now went ahead and said, "They went out from us, but they were not of us." For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. So we'll stop there for now. Look at that verse 18 and 19. Uh, So look at verse 18 and 19. So... Uh, Can I? uh, (laughs) Um, Liam, just... Okay, so so look at what the Bible is saying there in verse eighteen and nineteen. Can we can we talk about it? What is the Bible saying? Why is the Bible saying there are many antichrists and they have they are even now? What is it saying? Let's discuss it because you see, it's very important. Remember, we are in the last days. And scripture is telling us very clearly that there are many antichrists. We know the antichrist is coming. The one that will rally the world together as one. But even before that, is the, the small, small ones are around. If I'm permitted to use them, use that term. It says, even now, even now, many antichrists have come. By which we know it is the last hour. But, but the big, the big point on verse nineteen there is that um, yes. you know they're, they're amongst us. So the wheat and the tares. Yes. The wheat and the tares as well. Yes. But, but I would highlight because I hadn't seen it before. The last bit of nineteen mm. says that they were not all of us. Yes. Which implies that they took away some believers with them as well. <laughs> see, oh, you see. This issue is so crucial. You know, you talked about the wheat and the tears. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what Jesus said about that parable? It was so striking to me. This Bible said, the wheat and the tears. They said, the enemy went and sowed wheat. Sorry, so went and sowed tears amongst the wheat. And the mm-hmm. servant said, let's go and pull, pull out the, 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 the tears. And what did the master say? He said, don't. Let them grow together. Let them grow together. On the last day, we shall separate them. And you see, my my my, my fear has always been, even amongst us, in the church, we were, it was sad. We were watching, we were, <laughs> Was it was it yesterday? Yes, it was yesterday. On on YouTube, we saw a terrible sight. I call it terrible because this was a man calling himself a prophet. And he was just, I would call him a deceiver. He was asking members of his church to sow all the single women. If you want to have a husband, come and sow a seed of a, a thousand five hundred um and this guy is a showman you could see Lamborghinis and Ferraris he <laughs> was filming <laughs> and putting all that putting it on YouTube and people were excited for him honestly his hair alone he went and put this wig this um, uh, it, I, you know if you look at him you will not believe that this guy says he's a is a man of God. 
He, he went and put this long wig, this long hair flowing down. I don't know. And you are thinking, God, this is happening. And he's carrying so-called the name of Christ all over the place. And you have a lot of them like that. They, they yes, the Bible says they have they were they have they went out from us. So the wheat and the tears, unfortunately, you see how I wish if I was God now, I would just separate them. I would just say, No, 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 no. The both of you, we cannot be in the same place. But guess what? The Bible says let them grow together. It's it's very interesting that the soil on which the wheat is growing is the soil on which the tear is also growing. And they are growing together. So at times, you look at some of these um, so-called men of God, their ministry is big. There are thousands of people following them. Thousands. Millions. <laughs> Even millions following them. But, but I said, let them grow together. Don't separate them yet. On the last day, we shall separate them. You know? So what, so, do you, yes. what, what do you think of the, the scripture that says that, you know, I can't quote it properly now, but it's basically that we can't walk together. So how can we grow together if we can't walk together? What's that I mean? That must it's got, yes. it's got to be it's got to be a challenge, hasn't it? To say yes. the least. So, so when the Bible says, you know, in the, I'm using the context in the sense that when the Bible says, let them grow together, it's not saying that the wheat and the tears are the same. They are different. It's just that God has not brought his judgment down on these things yet. That is what it means by let them grow together. Leave them alone. And um, and yeah. it's, the, it's the deception that makes it look as if we agree. Yes. It makes it look as if we, we're the same. Because wheat and tears, if you look at the pictures, they look similar, you know, and that's the thing that, that God, I think, is Jesus warning us against. There are many people that look like Christians and behave like Christians, talk the talk. So we would walk with them, but we don't know their hearts. Only God and the person knows their own heart. You know, even though we were together now, I don't know anybody's heart. I don't know all of my husband's heart and we live in the same house. So, <laughs> so you can't know. It's only, so that's, it's, that's where the deception comes in. Uh, that's why you can walk with people because they look like the real thing. And the issue of the Antichrist, I was just thinking about it. Antichrist means against Christ. Mm. So um, what the that last Antichrist uh, would mm. do is to, um, you know, call to himself people away from Jesus, away from Christ, to worship him, to take the glory of God, you know, to, to himself and let people bow down to him. And that's what, you know, you're talking about lots of this, you know, mega, some of them, you know, big men of God who, you know, they, they receive worship from people, you know, people kneel down to them and they give them all the, you know, give them money, give them their adoration and their worship. That's anti that's against Christ because mm. all glory must go to Good. Jesus. Jesus. God says, I will not share my glory with anybody. You know, I'm the Lord and I will not share my glory. So if we see anyone who um, who stands in the place of Christ, who receives glory, who receives adoration from people, from, from us, we have to be very careful. Sanatikais. That person has to, a real servant of Christ will divert the glory to him you know when people say oh you are so, such a great man he said no jesus is such a great god look at him you know um so that's what i think about yeah. that's why the bible says there are many many antichrists because um we are in the last days just thinking aloud yes um you know um we say many uh and there's something I want to point out is that what we call willful blindness when we are in a church or in an organization. Oh, just leave it. Yeah. 
in a you know with very strong leaders you know very uh, like what Funke was saying you know but you know we would think like what you mentioned about the example of this guy with his long hair and whatever mm. it's like so obvious you mean this kind of people can draw crowds can have followers uh, yeah, what is all this so what there's something that is so um um alluring something has captured the the heart of people to be able to follow such and one of the things that i think i battle with is also what we call the systems that we are in where you know i mean in nhs we have what we call the uh, the whistleblowers and all those things and how you know how hard it is to come out of a system and to say something against your organization so i feel there's something where being a true believer in the lord even though we may be in a church and to come out of a church if it is growing and moving in a different direction um to be able to 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 stand up and make that stand and go against it you know or else most of us why we're following it is we choose to be blind we choose to be blind to 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 whatever the leader is doing. We just trust them, you know. We just trust them. Mm-hmm. But I think Funke made a point that we need to keep bringing up a point about trust God, you know, about trusting Jesus, looking to it. And because we have exalted men uh, mm-hmm. to be our leaders, and yes, we do need leaders. We need pastors, shepherds, and all that. But when do they cross the line? When when it blurs and it becomes so. Um, captivating for us to follow them we feel safe when they whatever they say we follow mm. to the point when they've erred we don't even know so um and, and this comes with maturity it comes with like you say foundations mm. but churches how many foundations have we have we have we uh, trained and drilled our members in in foundations and yet and yet our eyes are not open because we're still stuck in that system or stuck in the organizations or in the dogmas, in the doctrines or whatever. It's very hard because we want to be together. We want to be safe together. Um, it's, it's a human well, problem. It, I mean, it's not just church for me. I think for me, I feel it, 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 working in NHS as a group, as an identity, delivering a service, you know, you, you want to kind of close rank. Mm. I think it, I think it could well become a, a form of totalitarianism mm. in a, in a in a community as opposed to in a nation or is in a or in a even globally sort of thing that for some reason they have got so scared to think on their own mm. through the Bible in reference to the Bible that they do follow whatever's yeah. offered whatever's offered because they feel safer with following that than they do. Um, thinking for themselves, basically, uh, which again is is correct, but we think with ourselves. I mean, we're talking about choice, you know, mm. you know, choose life or choose death. You know, we do have a choice as Christians. Free will is an interesting thing. We won't go there, but we certainly do have choices as Christians. Uh, and do we exercise that choice in a godly way? In a godly way. Because you know, the, yeah. the thing is, with me, the greatest deception isn't isn't out there it's in here it's like a is is self-deception because we can always deceive ourselves and that's one thing that we all need deliverance from is self-deception because we yes please continue sorry i was i didn't mean but because because we all need the bible to kind of stray us back from into that straight and narrow path it's like we all, we all that those iron sharpens on. We need people to kind of bring us back. Okay, you you've strayed away there. You need mm-hmm. that's that's why we have a body in the, in the church to actually bring people back into the actual kind of fold. Because the thing is, what most what's happened in the church because we it's more become more 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 entertainment than it actually has kind of actually preaching God's word. So it's more not actually relying on god's word alone but because the the um uh, the protestant reformers they said it by christ alone sola scripture so like the aspect of relying on scripture alone and relying on jesus alone and the, the on the holy spirit alone is is it 
is important because it also says in the word not, not, not to get blown around by the winds of doctrine. Like you, you get new fads that come in and come out. Yeah. But if you're if you're relying on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, if you have that firm foundation in the word, yeah. you you won't get blown around by winds of doctrine. And the, and the thing is, the thing is, we all need help. We all need some people to say, okay, come back, or you're you're going astray. Like we need brothers to kind of bring us back if we're if we're um if we're going astray. So yeah. And you see, in the context of um, the Antichrists and the many Antichrists that have yeah. come, verse 20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Talking about the anointing, I, I wanted us to just look at that in the context of, because still, if you read down that scripture, Still talking about deceptions and people who have come out and the many antichrists. I just want us to look at verse, um, just because of time, we won't read everything. But if you look at verse 26 of um, that chapter, it says, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Verse 27 now said, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. Now, let's discuss. What does that mean? He now went on to even say, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So we are now looking at the antidote to deception. The antidote and to make us stand our ground in the midst of all these antichrists. The Bible is saying you have an anointing inside of you. What is that anointing, please? What do you think? I think it's the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God is inside of you so that when somebody gets up and says, brethren, for you to receive the Holy Spirit, just go and drink hot pepper. If you drink hot pepper, you will be your heart will be on fire, and the Holy Spirit will come in. Hot pepper. In fact, the name of my ministries is Hot Pepper International Ministries. <laughs> Doctor Pepper. Hot pepper. Hot pepper International Ministries. That is the source of the anointing, and it and it brings out. He brings out a, 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 a small can of pepper. He says, any of you that want this pepper, I tell you, just sold two million pounds. And I tell you, you will have anointing forever. You will not even die. You will live forever. <laughs> you know, all sorts of things. But the Bible is telling us, as people like that, that's why, you see, the way God has designed let me, let me use the word design. The way God has designed the body, hmm? the body of Christ, do you know when you break a bone, the body wants to heal itself. It's natural. It's the response of the body. Without you even saying anything or doing anything, cells mobilize themselves. They recognize a bone is broken. We need to go and help it. Everybody in the body of Christ has the anointing. So that when somebody now starts preaching error, signals are sparked off. In so that's why nobody should say, "Oh, um, I know it." So when the Bible is saying, I don't know what you guys, what you you see there, but when the Bible is saying, you have no need that anyone teach you. It doesn't mean there's no place for Bible teaching. It doesn't mean that. You don't hear the word of God. It's only saying when somebody is speaking and is sharing the word of God, you also have the right to check and say what this brother is saying. How does he correspond to what scripture is saying? And is this the Holy Spirit speaking? Because we come to that other scripture we read about how to test every spirit. 
but that in that in, that includes in your in your scripture nineteen again. Uh, yes, one, one John two nineteen. Yes, the um, you know, I believe there are many many people in the church who are not born again who do not have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, but it's our duties, maybe not quite the right word, but it's our duty to come alongside them and and lead them to salvation in that respect not allow them to carry on in in their in the deception if you want to put it that way um you know you can't be born a christian yeah we all know that but how many children have never actually got born again um because they've never been encouraged to or they've never been taught to or they've, and you know we see the dropout rates of christianity let alone university of uni- courses um in university and what have you and i i do believe that there's a fair chance that a large number of those is because they've not had a born again experience as as young people, as young adults, um, or whatever. And so, so I think there is a, a level of you know point fingers, three fingers coming back sort of thing. That are we doing all that we can do in order? And part of it is bringing a man back from error, but it's bringing a man. You know, you you know if you if you bring a man back from error, assuming that they're born again, it's a diff, I would suggest it's a different way than bringing a man back from error who you're not sure is born again, because it's foolishness to them. Everything you're saying is going to be foolishness to them. So you have to treat them like an unbeliever when you're trying to witness to them and, 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 uh, um, uh, evangelize them because you are actually evangelizing them if they're not born again. Yeah, and uh, I I find it a lot easier to to nurture and grow, minister, disciple, whatever you want to call it, a believer, than an unbeliever. Yeah, because there's that there is that huge understanding gap. You know, the spirit's not there to do it. You know, let alone the language and everything else um, we've got to do. And we do use a lot of business speak. We use a lot of um, jargon. We use a lot of spin amongst ourselves, thinking that we're all going to understand when we say, you know, Christ crucified or um, or uh, some other such shorthand versions and think that people are going to understand it. Uh, as I say, I'm, the guy that I'm sort of talking with at the moment, um, you know, there's some real, you know, I believe he's born again. I believe God has met him. But his teaching that he's received is is wayfully lacking yeah and he's he's slipped into error into into new agey stuff worldly new agey stuff so so i you know it is i think i think it's actually quite good revelation to realize that not everybody in the church is necessarily born again and you need to walk circumspectly when you are you know when you're discussing some some of these things it's um it's um i I pray God will help us because, you know, like you said, we just have to be, we just have, like, like, do you remember the people that uh, Paul met? Um, you were asking them by which baptism were you baptized? You know, so there's always room for that as we relate with people, um, as we interact with them. One will be able to help them on their journey so that like you said, they don't go into error. Um, now, the reason why I said we should read the next part of that scripture, which you read, which is um, 1 John chapter um, 3, um, verse 24, down to 1 John 4, verse 1 to 6. It says, verse 24 says, Now he who keeps his commandment abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given us. So, he who keeps the commandments, who he, he who obeys God, the Bible is saying God abides in him. So, your relationship with God is based on your obedience. Um, somebody will say, oh, I want God to, oh Lord, I just want you to um, to be in my heart. Come and dwell in me. Come and do this in me. But you see, obedience 
the Bible is emphasizing here is related to that. God is, you know, it's not by breathing in. Somebody says, oh, let me breathe in God now. <laughs> but that person is living in disobedience. How, how do you interact with God? So when the Bible is saying, he who keeps his commandments abides in him. And him, that's God, capital E, abides in that person, capital M, small H, him. And by this we know he abides in us by his spirit, which is very important. Now, let's come to that verse one. The Bible says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Let's discuss. What is the Bible saying there? Do not believe every spirit, but test and the and I thank God, you know, he's using the small s in that scripture. He's not using the big S. So because there cannot be several big S's, it's only one S, big S, which is the Holy Spirit. But he's talking, excuse me, he's talking about do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Yes, um, Kevin. Well, you know, like the fruit of the spirit, one of one of which is discernment of spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gift of the spirit is discernment of spirits, and most of us, certainly when we first think about this, think of demonic spirits, mm-hmm. which is what you know you said small small s for the spirits. But but yes, it could be demonic spirits, but it also can be the human spirit, and it also can be the Holy Spirit. Which is a capital S, but of course they couldn't put it in here because it would have been confusing if they'd have put a capital S in there, I would suggest, as well as the other spirits. So, and, you know, we need to know, you know, it's not just about discerning demonic spirits or not. It is about discerning these other things as well. And quite often things which are done by the Holy Spirit, we actually don't get it that it's being done by the Holy Spirit for our chastening or for our teaching or for uh, whatever and uh, we end up blaming everything apart from just receiving God's chastisement you know uh, we're talking about the do not believe very sweet but test the spirits you know I, I, I said this before I think it was one of our family Bible studies you know when I first read this scripture I used to think like you rightly said, a demonic spirit. <laughs> I used to think, oh, he's talking about demonic spirit. But actually, the spirit, I, I'm sure you, you can go somewhere and you find out that there is a spirit around that, or that, you know, we have used, we have used an English term, a word, culture. Oh, it's, that is the culture of the place. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that before. People say that. But actually, when they say, oh, there's a culture of uh, aggression in that office or a culture of bullying in that office, what are they actually saying? They actually, this is, this is part of what they are saying. When there is a spirit reigning in a place, it affects the behavior of the people in that place. So at times, when you, like you rightly said, somebody could be, could come and talk passionately about something good. But that doesn't mean that that is the spirit of God at work. It could be the human spirit, like you rightly said, that is walking through and in around that place. Have you not heard people talk? They are great orators. You know, someone like Hitler, what made him, why was he able to mobilize people? And people will say, we are going to go and die. You see, even in in Islam, I'm sure you've seen it. You know, all these people who are recruited to go and kill themselves and detonate bombs. What has made them arise to go and do it? And the man that is talking to them is still, <laughs> it's very interesting. Somebody will encourage 
young people to go and tie bombs and blow up themselves. The man that is encouraging them is still alive. <laughs> He's still alive. Still has a family. He's interacting with his own children, but he's telling another person, go and kill yourself. What makes them do that is a spirit. And as Christians, God encourages us here. He says, do not believe every spirit. So when a man, you go to a church, for instance, and a man is speaking, the question you're asking yourself is, Lord, who is actually speaking? Is he you or this another thing, another spirit that is speaking. So the Bible encourages us to test. Now, now look at, it now said by this, in that verse too, it now said by this, you know the spirit of God. And thank God, God wants us to know the spirit of God. You know, let's know, let's, let's be conversant with the voice of the Holy Spirit, with the inkling and the dealings of the Holy Spirit. With the, with the, um, let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He now said, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. Let me read it. Permit me to read it from another translation. Amplified says, um, it's the same thing, actually. Oh, no, it's not the same thing. Sorry. Amplified. I'm just going there. Yes. It says, by this you know, perceive and recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus the Messiah actually has come, has become man, and has come in the flesh is of God, and has God for its source. And every spirit which does not acknowledge and confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, but would annul, destroy, severe, and disunite him, is not of God, does not proceed from him. This not confession is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it was coming and now is already in the world. Um, Kevin, yeah. I find not. I mean, not too many. I haven't got too many examples, but I can sense it that there are there are many Christians who are, are quite are getting more and more happy to talk about God. They believe in God because all roads lead to God. Not, <laughs> but when you do try to talk to about Jesus Christ, they don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, and they don't want to talk about the Trinity. And uh, um, but they they still say, yeah, yeah, I believe in God, but they mean this. This this uh, God that uh, all roads lead to, that all roads lead to, mm-hmm. and it's um, quite difficult. It's quite difficult when they're when they're locked into that. Um, but um, but but you can see that what I'm saying is with people who profess they believe in God, they still struggle to mm-hmm. talk about Jesus Christ and what He did because mm-hmm. they uh, they don't like they don't like what they believe. We believe. About these things, about certain things. Um, the 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 when I just wanted to add that knowing the spirit of God, like that scripture was trying to explain to us, has to do with understanding and acknowledging the fact. That Jesus came as, that's the foundation. Jesus came in the form of a human being. He came and he brought the message of salvation. That it is all about Jesus and him crucified. He did not come, he came as a human being. And it is his coming that should be the bedrock and foundation of our interaction with him. If any interaction with Jesus that does not start from there is a, is a non-starter, even in this world. So, because I've heard, you hear all sorts of doctrine. People say, some people say, oh, I've, uh, Jesus Christ, yes, I believe in him, 
But as a savior, I don't understand that. It doesn't concern me. Then on what basis are you interacting with Jesus? Oh, you just know him. It's just like um, uh, Islam now. You know, they say, some of them, or if most of them say, oh, we believe he's a prophet. But what does that mean? Oh, he said some things. We need to acknowledge what he said. We need, I agree with what he said. You know, they mentioned some things this, this, that he said in their Quran. But is he your savior? He came in human flesh to die for you and me. How does that affect you? So when the Bible is talking about this is how you know, because this Holy Spirit will only always point at Jesus. The Holy Spirit will raise, Jesus said, when I go, the counselor, the comforter, we come and it will remind you of everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit has come to point you to Jesus. He has come to direct you to him. So anything, any spirit that is not doing that is, is, is not of God. So it's, so it's so important to understand. So at times, you know, like we rightly said, you go to a church and everything you see there is about one man. <laughs> it's about the man of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's about the, 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 the prophet. The prophet is in the house. Everybody stands up. <laughs> you know, all that. You sense that is not the spirit of God at work. It's a human spirit. And one must be careful because, you see, we are in the last days. And if you read, I'll just go straight to the part which I just wanted to highlight. He said, you, in verse 4, it says, you are of God, little children, and I've overcome them because... He who is in you is greater than he is in the world. So the Lord is reminding us of where our victory lies. The Christ that is in you. He now says, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. So you will hear people, so-called Christians, they speak as of the world. And can you imagine, look at the reception they received. The Bible says, and the world hears them. In verse 5. It's because they speak as of the world, the world hears them. So you have people, unbelievers, they will even come to church. And Christians welcome them, fair enough. But they, ha- they like you rightly said, they do not point them to Jesus. They says, oh, don't worry, don't disturb them. You know, they, they are friends. So let them come. You know, you enjoy their company, but you don't tell them about Jesus. You don't show them Jesus. You speak of the, you speak as if you are of the world. And the Bible is saying very clearly that he that loves, he that is a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So that's why. One must be, this is how we know what happens in the last days. This is how error comes across. When Christians start speaking the language of the world, they speak as, that's what the Bible says, they speak as of the world. But you can also see the signs of that, as you say, when they, they don't want to talk about Jesus and what Jesus has done, then well, we'll forget about hell. Mm. Oh, we'll forget about heaven. Um, we'll forget about man and woman, and you just you can just see the journey. Yes, you can just see the journey inside the church. I mean, now specifically, let alone the world, yeah. but inside the church, it's it just keeps on slipping, slipping, yeah. and slipping, and slipping. Well, like Kevin, when you see a man and a wife, um, you see um, a son and a daughter. You normally would. Also, um, more likely than to know when you're walking by their side and that, you know, when you get married to someone and you're having your anniversary, um, you know you're then blessed by the Lord Jesus Amen. to be actually saved, mm-hmm. to 
did how we actually die and we died to the Lord Jesus for his help and that, we know that we always been supported by Lord Jesus Christ and not actually going to the devil. We only going to the Lord Jesus for his only helping hand. With his only world of our pure love and that, and what we enjoy in our marriage and our pure synthesis of the country that we are actually in, which is in the UK, we are blessed by the Lord Jesus. Yes, Kevin, exactly. Thank you very much. Let me just round up. Let's look at the last part of that scripture. It says yeah. in verse um, six, it says, we are of God. He, yeah, he, he, he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So that scripture has highlighted for us how you know the, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We It says, he who knows God hears us. So you see, God Nobody is kind of a monopoly of what God says. You will meet somebody who knows God. Once you are speaking, because you are speaking the truth, the person who knows God and is hearing you says, yes, this man is speaking by the Spirit of God because he knows God. So when the Bible is saying, those who know God will hear us, or those who are of God, and those who know God will hear us. Who are the us there? They are the people who actually are working with God, who hold the truth. They will meet other people who actually know God because they are speaking the same. It's just like speaking the same language in a spiritual sense. Not, of course, the language in a physical sense. It's in a spiritual sense. So that you will meet somebody else from somewhere else who has no connection with you. But as you are speaking, the spirit of God inside him is agreeing with what you are saying. Because you are speaking by the spirit of God. He has the spirit of God. And immediately there is a connection. So when the Bible says here, he who is not of God does not hear us. The difference is obvious. One of the ways, and the scripture has made it very clear, that is a sure way of knowing the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error in these last days. And that principle applies anywhere in the world. So you can go to America today and you are listening to a preacher on the radio. You are not even seeing his face. But as he's speaking, you know that, ah, this man is not speaking the truth. Because there's a check in your own spirit. Somebody asked me the other day in a church, you know, how do, because in a church that has several home groups and cells, how does the leadership of the church ensure that everybody in the church are saying the same thing? that the spirit of compromise and error and deception has not come in. You see, the responsibility is on the leadership, I agree. But also, the responsibility is on the brethren as well. So that when somebody starts speaking error, because they are growing in the things of God, they know what's error. It's just like somebody who is trained in knowing forged currency notes. Mm -hmm. That person has been exposed to the original consistently so that when he comes across a fake, he knows that this is a fake because he has been exposed consistently to the original. You know, so the prayer for us now is, Oh Lord, and I keep knowing you 
more and more deeply. So that when the spirit of error or the wrong thing comes up, you know. There is no question about it. You are able to sense deeply that yes, this is wrong. Because you are exposed to the original, which is Jesus. But somebody who is not exposed to the original and is not progressively coming to know Jesus daily and growing the things of God, he will have a problem. He will not know when he will be deceived. He will be thinking, oh, that is correct. When actually it is wrong. Because he has not been exposed or is not being exposed to the truth. You know, George, yes. have, you ever, have you ever read the diary of David Brainard? Um, Brainard, or is it Braham? I don't know, David, David Brainard? Brainard, no. So he was, he was an American revivalist around the time of Jonathan Edwards. Okay. So he was so poor that literally he, he didn't actually have shoes or things like that. He went to Yale University mm. and, and literally didn't have any money, but Many, many people came to know Christ through him. He just had nothing. Mm. And then you compare him to like the current preachers that are out, out now. <laughs> and you kind of think, okay, like, like he was spitting out blood because he didn't have enough food. He was kind of going through, he was literally in poverty. Yet you have these mega preachers mm. who have massive amounts of money, cars and things like that, but they don't have 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 kind of Jesus in it and you could, could kind of compare okay like that that's a, that that was a standard that's a, like like all the apostles they died horrific deaths yeah. and it and it's like you kind of have uh today's standards because because uh, I was I was also thinking of another verse where it says what what my man highly esteems yeah. is God abominable before God yeah is 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 abominable uh, yeah, and it's they are very they are very correct. God has to help us so that we can so that we can consistently be growing and be exposed to the truth all the time. It has to be so that when error comes up, you just know that this is not right. This is not correct. This is going to deceive. This this is deceit actually. Because when the Bible says many false prophets, many, it says many false prophets. It says because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Who are those carrying those spirits? It's the false prophets. They are the ones peddling it. So we thank God. I, I think we'll stop here. Come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m. 